0: Hey, what's going on? Let's get into the message today. Open your Bibles or your iPhones or your whatever you do and meet me in 2 Kings chapter four. And that's where we, were, where we will start today. In, in, in verse one, God give us fresh eyes. Some of us have heard this Bible story a lot but show it to us in a new way. Empty out our preconceived notions of this text and teach us what you want to teach us today. God, I want to get out of your way. This is the word of the Lord. I was reading one commentary this week and it said that preachers just give voice to the word of the Lord. So I don't really want to say a lot. I want my mouth to move according to what you have spoken to me in Jesus name. Amen. Um I don't know how a lot of preachers sermon prep, you know, um you've probably noticed that I don't do it like a lot of them do. I kind of just m- take whatever God fed me and i just cook it in bulk and make sure I have leftovers and I just feed you that. So this is something that God has been teaching me. So now I want to talk to you about it. And the text I want to come to you from to start is in second Kings chapter four, verse one the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. A lot of times we have a tendency to read a scripture, to read a Bible verse, to read a Bible story and we'll skip past the emotion of it. We won't set in the story. We'll just move past it. But I want to set in this for just a second that this woman has just lost her husband, and now there are captors coming to take all she has left, which are her two sons. And so imagine what this woman is feeling right now that all she has left is about to be taken away from her. And so she goes to the man of God and said, look, my husband, he's died. He died and, and he was serving you. So now she went to Elisha for help. And he was interested in helping her. In verse two, Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said. Yeah, I just paused because that's what Elisha did. He, He made her double text. He didn't even respond. She said, your servant has nothing there at all. And then Elisha doesn't say anything. So then she said, except, except a small jar of olive oil. (laughs) You know, God wants to use your (laughs) except. In the message translation, I've been reading it a lot lately. She says to Elisha, you know, your servant has nothing. Well, I have a little. <laughs> That's kind of how it's worded. And I like it. Cause and I was cooking eggs this morning, and God wanted me to tell you this. <laughs> um you always have something. So stop calling it nothing. Stop calling it nothing. Oh, nothing's going right for me today. Oh, nothing's going right for me this year. Oh, nothing's good about this job. Oh, nothing's good about this relationship. Really nothing? nothing's going good. You don't even have breath right now. You could be on a ventilator right now. You have two legs and they both work. (laughs) Nothing. Because you always have something. I'm not saying you have a lot. I mean, this woman, she really did not have a lot. But you always have something. You always have something. But this woman said, I have nothing. Well, I do have a little. Ooh, God wants to use that little. I told you I have one today, Taylor. I've got one today. I'm excited. Verse three, Elisha said, Go around and ask, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. God help me not to just preach for an hour on that verse. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. And she left them and shut the door behind her and her sons. And and they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Yes, yeah, she just kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. <laughs> All right, so going to get good. A couple observations from this passage. Um, First, let me tell you what I want to preach to you about. Verse three, Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't ask for just a few. Go around and ask for empty jars. The title of this message is ask for empty. (laughs) Oh, if you knew how good this message was, you'd be excited to ask for empty. Now we read this, we read this Bible story thousands of years after it occurred. So we know yeah, this woman goes around, she sends her sons out and they go get the jars and then she brings the jars back to the house and she starts pouring the oil into the jars and as the as the oil is going into the jars, no matter how many jars they fill up, it doesn't run out. And then all of a sudden, once they're out of jars, then the miracle ends. The miracle ends. Verse 6 says There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. So the miracle ended when her emptiness ended. Come at me if you disagree with me, but there is no miracle in in, in 2 Kings 4 verses one through seven. There is no miracle if there is no emptiness. Oh, It's her emptiness that leads to her miracle. Okay, let's talk about it. Uh, Excuse me, Elisha, the man of God. I have a lot of jars at my house and they're all full of oil. Nothing is going wrong in my life. There's no miracle there because there's no emptiness there. I'm telling you this, that your, that your emptiness has a purpose. And you've been asking God, God, fill, fill this space, fill this emptiness, God. I have a deficiency in this area. I have a weakness right here. I have a thorn in the flesh, call, Paul called it. I have something, God, I need you to fill, God. I have something I need you to do, God. And he doesn't do it and he doesn't fill it because the emptiness It's for a purpose, because if there is no emptiness, there is no miracle. And the miracle ends when her emptiness ends. So I'm telling this to encourage somebody who feels empty today. That if you feel empty, maybe it's money, maybe it's friendships, maybe it's your career, maybe it's, You feel like, you know, life's going good, but I still don't have peace. There's a hole on the inside. There's an emptiness on the inside. I, I feel empty. That sometimes it's your emptiness that makes room for God to fill it. You know how the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit fills you? The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Well, that one who's in you can't get in you if you're full of a bunch of other stuff. So sometimes God has to let you get empty so that he can fill you with the one who is greater Sometimes things have been stripped away from your life. Sometimes things have been taken from your life. Sometimes you have lost something. Sometimes you have experienced emptiness. But it was the emptiness that made room for God to fill. (laughs) Some weeks, some weeks when I prepare my sermons, I was telling you how I prepare them. Sometimes I, sit down. I have legal pads. This is how I prepare my messages. I brought one to show you and I don't want you to read my notes because that's kind of private to me, but I have these legal pads and like, I have like pages where I'll write thoughts down, where I'll write Bible verses down and I'll just write notes down. And a lot of the stuff on here doesn't make it into the message, but I just write, um, and Sometimes I'll sit in front of my notepad and I'll just be so full and I'll start writing. I have to turn to the next page and I'll start writing and God's just showing me, oh, turn to Galatians. Okay. Oh, turn to Ephesians. Okay. Oh, turn to, turn to, turn to Zechariah. Okay. Okay. Turn to Genesis. And I'm like, oh wow, this is amazing. And God's speaking and I get so full and, And then other weeks, (laughs) other weeks I get in front of this notepad and I'm like, that's a lot of pages. That's a lot of lines. And I don't really have much to say. I don't have much to give because I feel empty. It's not because I haven't been reading my Bible, (laughs) it's not because I haven't been praying. It's just sometimes I feel empty. Sometimes, it's not that I don't have jars. It's that I don't have oil. Um, it was crazy to me that the man of God tells this woman, go get jars. Go and get some jars. She she doesn't need jars, Elisha. She doesn't even really need oil. She needs money. She just lost her husband. And now captors are coming to take her sons because of the debt that her husband had left. And we don't know why he left it. You know, like it could have been a, you know, he was just trying to do the thing, mortgage, whatever. I don't really know. I don't know what the, what the debt was from, but, but whatever the debt was from, it had to be paid. And so they were coming to take her sons. Oh, you know, I'm starting to see a parallel where there was a debt to be paid and I couldn't pay it. And so somebody's son had to be taken so that the debt could be settled. I just thought I would preach the gospel for a minute. But her husband, imagine how her house feels right now. I thought it was funny how she said nothing. Because she has two sons. She has a house. And Elisha said, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing. Well, I do have a little olive oil. But imagine how empty her house feels right now. She just lost her husband. She's so used to him being there. And now... Now her house is empty and Elisha says, now go ask for empty jars. I don't need jars. But she obeyed. She obeyed and she poured. And verse five says, she kept pouring. She kept pouring. A jar would come in she would keep pouring. She would keep pouring. And a new jar would come in, old jar go out, and she would put it to one side, and she would keep pouring. And she would keep pouring. Now a lot of us stop pouring because we're afraid. Well what happens if I go to pour but I'm on empty? And when you're empty you don't want to pour. When you're discouraged, you don't want to encourage someone else. When you're tired, you don't want to love somebody else. And when you get empty emotionally, oh, cause this woman wasn't just empty financially. She just lost her husband Her soul is empty. Her family is empty. Everything in this text is empty. And so he says, ask for empty. And I'm telling you today, sometimes emptiness is the point. It was the empty jars that led to the provision of God. Sometimes emptiness is the point. She kept pouring. She kept pouring, don't stop pouring. Imagine a farmer who is afraid of losing seed. So he doesn't sow. A farmer sows seed. That's what farmers do. They pour. They release. They let go. They pour. They sow. They scatter they release, they let go of the seed. And the seed can't turn to a harvest. The seed can't grow in the soil if you keep it gripped in your hand. Ecclesiastes 11.5, which is wisdom literature, so God means God wants to teach us something through this. It says this: 11:5: "As you do not know the path of the wind sorry, I'm going to read verse six. "Sow your seed in the morning. Sow your seed in the morning. Sow sow your seed in the morning. And at evening, in evening let your hands not be idle. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this seed, whether that seed, or whether both seed will do equally well. So you got to keep sowing. And what I wanted to tell you is that at the point that the farmer has sown the most, is when he feels the most empty. When he has given away the most, he feels the most empty because he's let go of all he had and he has to release the seed if he wants it to turn into anything. And sometimes we're like, so afraid of losing our seed. So we hold on to it so tight and we say, no, I won't let this go. No, I won't let this go. No, I won't release this. And we kill the seed because we won't sow. Because we won't pour. Because we won't release. Sow your seed. Release. Sow. Sow. Sow so my favorite parable is Mark chapter 4 he also said Jesus said this this is what the kingdom of God is like a man scatters his seed on the ground so he sows night and day whether he sleeps or gets up the seed sprouts and it grows though he does not know how So, so so, the man sows, but the soil grows. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm just telling you what happens. The man scatters seed and the soil, which is a representation of God, the soil grows. The farmer doesn't grow the seed. It says night or day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts. He does not know how. It's not it's not the farmer who's growing the seed. It's God who's growing the seed, but God can't grow what the man doesn't sow. And you've got to sow, you've got to sow, you've got to let go, you've got to pour. And sometimes you have to get empty and it's not your emptiness is not an indication that you're sinning or that you're bad or that you're in the wrong field. You know, oh, I'm burned out. No, you need a nap. You need a Snickers. You need to go home and take a break and, and just relax for a day. You don't need to stop sowing. Some of us quit sowing because we put the seed in the soil and it didn't grow in two days. Sometimes you have to wait. No one hates this point in my sermon more than me. I promise. If you've stuck with me for any period of time with Grace Movement, you know I am a healing, impatient person. And I'm the kind of guy who I'll just go around so 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 and I don't even turn around to see oh is it growing like I'll just keep sowing I'll just keep moving I'll just keep doing out so 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 and I'm so task oriented often that I won't even I won't even stop to look at the soil and appreciate the seed and God's teaching me sometimes you have to sometimes you have to wait You can't spend your whole life waiting but 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 sometimes sometimes you have put the seed and the soil and the only thing that's gonna make it grow is time. At some point you have to release the seed and seeds take time. Huh <laughs> Cheesy Cheesy preacher joke alert. We want Jaguar Jesus <laughs> fast. Rah. Showing up. He was over there now. He's over there. Oh, God's moving. We want Jaguar Jesus, but we, we serve a seed savior. We want God to do, God do a new thing. God do it now. God, I seen you move the mountains. Oh God, come and do it. Good, do it. God, split the sea. I'm down. I want it too. But sometimes God says, this is what he said. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed. He's equating the kingdom of God to a seed. Seeds take time. You don't plant a seed and call your friend and say, hey, come over. I planted a seed yesterday. You guys gotta come check it out because it's just gonna look like dirt. And you don't often recognize what God is doing because what God is doing is not visible, but it's under the surface. The most formative stages of the seed happen under the soil. You can't IG live a seed growing. That will be the least viewed, that will be the least viewed thing in the history of humanity because because it takes time. And the key ingredient to the seed's success is not more water It's not more plowing. It's not more praying. (laughs) It's it's patience. You got to plant the seed. We got to wait. All by itself, verse 28 says this The soil produces grain, not the man, not the farmer. I'm nothing but a man. I'm nothing but a human being. I'm nothing but dust. I can't produce, I can't produce grain. The soil produces the grain. It's God that produces the growth. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. But a lot of us walk away from the seed before we see the stalk. So we plant the seed and it doesn't grow in two weeks, so we leave. We go to the gym and we don't have abs in a month, so we, are, we quit. We start the Bible reading plan and we don't know any Hebrew or Greek two weeks in, so we say, this is stupid. We try to restore the relationship and the first time they do something that gets on your nerves, you walk away. But God said, if you're empty today, sometimes the emptiness, sometimes the point where you've sown the most is where I'm getting ready to do the most growth. And sometimes you have to allow emptiness to enter your life because it's the fact that you don't have any seed in your hand that's the proof that the growth is on the way. Sometimes you have to ask for empty. Sometimes you have to say, God, remove the things that are, remove the weeds out of my heart so, so your grain can grow, God. Sometimes you have to ask for empty. Sometimes you have to let God remove things out of your life so God can give you the growth you really want. And sometimes you've got to sow on empty. Sometimes you've got to release seed when you don't feel like you have any seed left to give. Sometimes, sometimes you have to wait even though you're frustrated. And you have to sit here and say, hey God, we could do this a lot faster if it was up to me, but I trust you. Hey God, we could do this a lot quicker, but I trust you. Sometimes you gotta wait. Sometimes. Let me show you this. I'm going to read you a little bit of the parable of the prodigal son out of Luke 15, out of the message translation. I'm going to start at verse 11. Then he, Jesus, said, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, I want right now what is coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. Jewish custom, he would have given one-third of the estate to the younger son. And he would have given two-thirds to the older son, so he took one-third of the estate and gave it to the younger son, who asked. He said, I want, I want what is coming to me now. He wanted the inheritance now. he wanted, He wanted what was to be given to him in the future. He said, I want it now. So the father divided the property between them, and it wasn't long before the Younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. And now he's empty. After all he had gone through, all his money, after he had gone through all his money, There was a bad famine, and all through the country, and he began to hurt. He began to hurt. So he didn't want a bad thing. He just wanted the right thing at the wrong time. Father, I want my inheritance now. Your inheritance now? I want my part of the estate now. He was living at the estate with the Father. He had access to the whole estate. He had access to 100%, and when he asked for his own, he only got 33% but he said, I want what is coming to me now. I want it now. I want it now. And the sin of his life was not that he went off to the strip club and wasted all his money. The sin of his life was that he wanted what was to be given to him in the future to be yanked into the present. And by yanking it into the present, he killed it. He wasted it and he was left on empty. Some of the emptiness in our lives is, is things we've caused. Some of the emptiness is kind of like the woman in Second Kings 4, it's not her fault. But whatever the emptiness is, whether it was man-made or whether it was provided by life, God wants to fill in the blank. <laughs> You know, and you got a test in school and it said, you know, this, this, and this. And then there was a blank. There was an empty space. God said, I left the blank on purpose because I want to fill in the blank. I want to fill in that empty space. You just can't quit now. You can't stop pouring now. You can't stop sowing now. You can't stop growing now because I want to fill the empty space. Don't give up. Do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Do not grow weary in doing good. Don't quit in doing good. For at the proper time, at the proper time, there is a proper time, there is a proper time for your harvest at the proper time you will reap a harvest if does not say you will reap a harvest it says you will reap a harvest if Galatians 6 9 cross check me if you do not give up you will reap a harvest if you don't quit sowing you will reap a harvest if you release the seed you will reap a harvest if You sow even on empty, if even on empty. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. If you're empty, if you're burdened, I will give you rest, Jesus said. He said this, oh, take my yoke upon you. Don't miss this. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, if you want rest, he says, take my yoke. He didn't say, take my pillow. He said, take my yoke. Yoke is what they use to plow the soil so that the seed can be planted, so that the harvest can grow, so that the soil can produce the grain. He said, take my yoke, take my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're empty, just don't quit pouring. Don't quit pouring. Don't quit pouring just because you have empty jars. The emptiness is the point. The emptiness you feel in your life right now, God has that emptiness there so he can fill it. I'm not talking about, oh, God made you lose your job so you can be more appreciative. I mean, maybe, I don't know why, but I do know this, that he, who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God, I thank you for your word now. Let it go forth as seed sown in good soil on people's hearts in Jesus' name. I pray for salvation, I pray for healing, I pray for fulfillment, I pray for dreams to come awake again, I pray for souls to be enlightened again, I pray for for people's, People's energy levels to be raised again. God, I pray for I pray for people's focus to be redirected on the things of heaven. God, you said you said you said you would bless us. You said if we will seek first you, you will add all these things. So God help us to seek you. Cause sometimes it's hard to seek what you can't see. And sometimes we're sowing seed in vain because we don't know which field to plant ourselves in. But God, I pray you would guide us, direct us, and lead us in Jesus' name, amen.